Good morning. This is Paul Donovan, Chief Economist at UBS Global Wealth Management. It's 7 o'clock in the morning, London time, on Wednesday the 12th of April. Today we get US inflation data in the form of consumer price inflation. This used to be a less important inflation indicator until the June policy errors of US Federal Reserve Chair Powell added focus. The consensus expectation is for both the headline and the core numbers to slow on the monthly rate of change. Energy price effects should continue to be disinflationary for the headline inflation number. The uncertainty today lies in the housing component. The fictitious owner's equivalent rent, a price no one pays, but which is still the largest single component of consumer price inflation, is tricky to calculate. We know that owner's equivalent rent will be a disinflation force this year. Owners' equivalent rent loosely tracks market rents. It's made up of a mixture of market rents and guesswork. However, the market rent it tracks is for all market rents, which is harder to monitor than the rents of just new tenants. And the guesswork adds another unpredictable element. The timing of the housing disinflation is therefore difficult to be precise about, though it is coming. There's also the return of second-hand car prices as an element of uncertainty. They have a low weight, they do not affect the overwhelming majority of US households, but they are very, very volatile. The inflation story in the States is the same as it's been all year. The demand shock of transitory inflation from 2021 is clearly over. Transitory inflation was indeed transitory, and consumer durable goods prices are 3.3% below their post-pandemic peak. Television prices are over 21% below their post-pandemic peak. The things which drove the transitory inflation now cost less to buy. The supply shock of higher energy prices is now disinflationary. Energy is a drag on headline inflation. What we are left with is the profit-led inflation story. In the United States, as in many, but not all, other economies, Companies are trying to convince consumers to accept increased profit margins by telling them a story that blames it all on costs. Not all sectors can do this, hence the collapse in television prices, but it has added to the overall inflation rate. However, profit-led inflation is most likely to create upside inflation surprises to the month-on-month inflation rate at times when companies traditionally increase prices. If a company normally raises prices to pass on costs at the start of the year, that company may have raised prices and profit margins at the start of this year, giving an upside surprise to the month-on-month inflation rate. As we move away from the traditional price change period, those inflation surprises should become less frequent. One issue with economic growth at the moment is the extent to which the recent banking system volatility is going to accelerate the existing tightening of bank lending standards. The IMF clearly saw this as a reason to moderately reduce its growth estimates, although the IMF forecasts are not necessarily very relevant to markets as they tend to be out of date before they're published. We heard from US Treasury Secretary Yellen and some Fed officials downplaying the effects no credit crunch, everything fine, nothing to see here, etc. The challenge for markets is that we're in a position where government officials, especially central bank officials, will know more about bank lending standards than is publicly available. At the same time, 
those same officials have a role to play in cheerleading the economy. Banking is all about confidence, and so it's hard to hear a Fed official speak without also detecting a faint rustle of pom-poms being dragged out as part of the cheerleading routine. Overall, what inflation we do have suggests that the banking volatility is not having an exaggerated impact on economic volatility. But there is likely to be a hint of scepticism around the situation for a while yet. With all of this, we are approaching the peak of monetary policy interest rates, certainly in the Anglo-Saxon world. And even the European Central Bank must eventually get to that point, although the politics of the ECB may mean that that takes longer to arrive at. To that end, there are a couple of events today that are worth paying attention to. There's the release of the minutes of the last FOMC meeting in the United States. This was a decision taken with the banking system volatility much more prominent and generating much more uncertainty than is the case today. The minutes are supposed to reflect the tone of the meeting, not any subsequent information. But the final draft of these minutes is prepared two weeks after the meeting itself. Without changing the substance, that might change the nuance of the language of the minutes, given the Fed's aforementioned cheerleading role. As well as the Fed minutes, we also have a speech from Bank of England Governor Bailey, talking on price and financial stability. That's all for today. Have a good day. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at UBS.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.